Welcome to the Liberty Leadership in Lies with Larry Linton podcast. For those of you who are new listeners, this podcast will be about exactly what the title implies. We will discuss the state of liberty in our republic today and how it is being eroded by the very institution that was created by our founding fathers to protect it, which is the government that now hates us. We'll also discuss the many different types and styles of leadership that exist today, but more frequently we'll talk about how our republic is best served by true servant leadership in elected office. On the topic of lies, we will discuss the many pervasive lies that are told in society today, and not only by our government, but their willing partners in the news media, social media, and tech sectors. These lies, they're designed to rob us of our liberty and destroy our trust in and reliance on the founding principles of our nation and its constitution. I will also use a portion of each episode to discuss my election campaign to represent Tennessee's House of Representatives, District 12. And what I hope to accomplish with my campaign is just basically a couple of things. I want to bring to Nashville an example of what following an oath to the Constitution looks like. And this is based upon my 30 years of service to our nation in the United States Navy. Additionally, once I am in Nashville... I would like to restore the state's role as the creator of and the parent to the federal government. What a lot of people don't realize is that our federal government is not a party to our Constitution, but it is a product of the Constitution. And this Constitution is a charter between all of the states that empowers the federal government with certain and extremely limited powers, such as providing for the common defense and to regulate trade. We can also discuss any tactics or techniques the listeners may have in the fight to restore our nation's founding principles when engaging with what has apparently become the people's enemy over the course of generations now, and that is the government that, one, hates us, and two, only sees us as the means to obtain and maintain power. If you would like to contact the show, just send an email to Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com. You can also subscribe to my blog there at the website. Additionally, even at the website, you can contribute to my campaign. You can find the podcast and the campaign on social media. Just search for Larry for TN12 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for the campaign info and Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn for the podcast social media pages. I'm also on Telegram as Liberty Leadership and Lies. I will be recording the show either from the Goat Locker Studio in Sevierville, Tennessee, or on remote locations where my consulting business or election campaign takes me. Today's episode is one of those, so I apologize in advance for the sound quality. Before we kick off the episode, let's hear from the podcast primary sponsor. Welcome back to another episode, ladies and gentlemen. Today we will talk about how our elected officials, in wanting to be seen doing something, They are passing laws that they say will make us safer or more free. Often, that is the opposite effect that these laws have. In their efforts to make our society more safe, they are slowly eroding our rights, liberties, and other personal freedoms. Some politicians try to find the balance, but can there really be one when those individual rights are eroded? Is a society worth having if it's wrapped up in bubble wrap or quarantined? Is that worth giving up our freedoms for? When is the point at which we, the people, tell the government that we would rather die than to become mindless government slaves? For decades, we walked the line between our right to choose and the government's right to impose their standards on us. 
Well, this pandemic has definitely driven us over that line. All of you, like myself, have heard those words coming out of the mouths of elected officials, as well as unelected bureaucrats, over and over since the outbreak. And in doing something and in passing these laws to make us safer, we now have laws regulating nearly everything we do. Look at some of them. We're forced to wear seatbelts. Well, it's a good idea. We're forced to. We have to wear motorcycle helmets. Again, it may be a good idea, but it's my personal freedom or my personal choice to do so has been taken away. Kids are expelled from schools for possession of non-prescription drugs. The government now regulates religion, sex, child discipline, marriage, and free speech. They want to control what you can post on the internet and social media. Crossing the street is even regulated. Your speech is regulated in what you can say at the office, where you worship, and where you pray. Jokes and podcasts. What kind of light bulbs you can use in your house. The list goes on and on and on. I would like to ask everybody in the audience to take a serious look at your daily activities. Can you point out any single activity that is not regulated in some way, shape, or form by the government? Name just one. Sleeping? Well, let's go through that. Your bedding, your furniture, the clothing, alarm clocks, electricity, water, heating and air conditioning, the dwelling, be it a house or an apartment. Well, all of that has the government involved. Showering, your faucets, the water, towels, soap, shampoo, lotion, toothpaste, toothbrush, razors. And on to your breakfast. Well, the food, appliances, the dishes, glasses. Then you transit to work, right? Roads, vehicles. How about your workplace? Wages, taxes, OSHA, ADA. Then reverse the process and go home from work. Dinner and bedtime. Then let's talk about your children. Schools. Let's not get talking about those. Even homeschooling children has some form of government laws or regulations. All of those items are influenced or controlled by federal, state, or local governments. Just how did the government get into all those areas of our daily lives? Well, they would not be able to do it if they did not have a never-ending access to our sweat equity. They get the first cut of our wages. They, and they being the new aristocrats and their media enablers, they tell us that these laws and regulations are for our own good. Now, while a lot of that occurs mostly at the federal level, there are instances where this erosion takes place at the state level, too. Especially when it comes to the government indoctrination of our children in so-called public schools. Why do you think that is? This why question should be an introspective question for every American. Why have there been laws passed, often cited as being for our own good? Is it because we've grown too lazy apathetic to participate in our own self-governance? Is it because we've allowed government to become our parents? Maybe it is because so many people in our nation have lost their faith in our Creator and allowed government to fill that role. In fact, there are many reasons behind allowing government to become our protector and our source of salvation. Our apathy has allowed for the stealth erosion of our liberty for decades now. For more than a century, we have allowed government to insert itself into every single aspect of our lives under the guise of, hey, it's for our own good. While we may think that as we advance in years, that we progress from birth to infancy, to toddler, to childhood, to adolescent, to teenager, to adult, the stages of life where we become more and more responsible for ourselves, in all reality, that's just a smokescreen. We have abdicated so much of our personal responsibility to government, along with our liberties, 
that we can't even recognize what is going on. If you can think of one area of our lives where there is zero government involvement, go ahead, shoot that to me in an email. Tell me what it is. The email address is Larry at LibertyLeadershipAndLies.com or you can send me a text to 865-393-7598. Tell me where you think any of your actions has absolutely no influence by the government. I'm telling you that you will be hard-pressed to name just one activity that is not influenced, shaped, regulated, or often interfered with by one or more levels of government. Because always, you have to start with this premise, we have allowed government to get the first cut of any income we earn. That income, our sweat equity, supports everything we do. Do you want to know what is really ironic about that, though? When the new aristocrats put one of those flaky layers of pastry between us and our liberty, they often exempt themselves from that law, regulation, or whatever it is. We all need to seriously look into what the government requires unelected people to do that they themselves do not have to do. While the sniffer-in-chief's mandates affect the executive branch of government, which, by the way, through our apathy has its tentacles in nearly every aspect of our life, he cannot make a mandate for the legislative and judicial branches of government, and that's as it should be. But did the heads of those other two branches of government make a mandate for their employees? Of course not. In fact, the drunk old Batten, Maryland's D'Alessandro crime family prodigy, that is currently the Speaker of the House, said in April of last year that Congress cannot require somebody to be vaccinated. Yet her and the rest of the usurpers of liberty in elected office and the bureaucratic deep state have allowed the backdoor way for the executive branch to make that happen. They sat idly by, as well as they were cheering on, the head of the executive branch of our government do that to the citizens of this country. They do not require or mandate vaccines for elected officials. That's just one of those things that make you go, hmm, right? They will allow the stealth erosion of our liberty and even cheer it on while they themselves do not subject themselves to the very thing they advocate for. Oh, and do not forget that we through our apathy, allowed them to do that. Let's pause for a word from a supporter of this podcast. Are you looking for a vacation that offers excitement and peaceful tranquility? You can get both right here in East Tennessee. Sevierville, which is the home of Dolly Parton and the world-famous Dollywood, in addition to the many family-friendly attractions in Pigeon Forge and Gatlinburg, provide the fun and excitement to the tranquil backdrop of the beauty of the rivers, streams, waterfalls, hiking trails, and mountaintop views in the Great Smoky Mountain National Park. Sean Kelly and his family would love to encourage you to consider vacationing here at the Gateway to the Smoky Mountains. While there are several lodging companies you could choose from, Sean and his family have over 75 years of experience in the hospitality sector. If you are looking for a company with hometown values, where quality accommodations and cleanliness are paramount to your overall guest experience, look no further than Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee. Book with confidence and be sure to tell the Kellys that you are their special guest to receive a 10% discount on reservations. Please be aware, though, that some restrictions do apply. So call now, toll-free at 866-289-8818. You can also look at their cabins online at www.smcabinstn.com. So call now and book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains with Sean and the Smoky Mountain Cabins of Tennessee staff. 
They are experts in creating mountain memories one stay at a time. Once again, the number is 866-289-8818 and the website is www.smcabinstn.com. Sean and his team would like to know that you heard about them here on this podcast, Liberty Leadership and Lies with Larry Lynn. So let them know that when you book your vacation here in the Smoky Mountains. We're back on liberty and the silent and stealthy erosion of our liberty. In addition to being extremely effective at wasteful taxing and spending, which, by the way, is by design, the government we elected is very effective at passing laws that quietly erode our liberties. The government creates more and more bureaucracy each day that work overtime to commit these acts of erosion. And like I mentioned earlier, they exempt themselves from the very same regulations that they impose on us. We've discussed this before when I first started this podcast, but I would like to remind you of this part of our Declaration of Independence. It is one of the injuries and usurpations that the Founding Fathers listed as reasons for declaring independence from the British Kingdom. It is this, and I quote, He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. Does that not sound like what our government is doing to us today? And this is based upon what was reported as late as November of last year, just three short months ago, that the ice cream connoisseur's proposed tax hikes in his plan that was blocked in the Senate is this, to hire more than 80,000 additional IRS agents. That is in addition to the already astronomical number of 63,000 IRS agents that are currently employed by the federal government. In this economy plagued by supply chain woes, hidden unemployment numbers, and record high inflation, the government that we have allowed to grow in size and scope for more than a century now wants to expand even more so it can send hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. It's another way in which the new aristocracy, through the way they write and pass legislation, only serves as a way to erode our liberties through stealth. Because there are very few people that will read an entire bill in Congress, and fewer still that will look at them through the lens of individual liberty. Washington, D.C. and the state capitals do this to ensure that the usurpers of liberty can drain us of more of our sweat equity to support their unsatiable desire to keep growing. This stealthy liberty erosion bill was designed to audit more people and squeeze every last penny out of us to ensure their continued place as the protector and savior of the people. They want to be America's moms and dads, or whatever pronouns they are using to please the woke mob, in our Congress. The stated purpose was to help ensure that those evil, super wealthy, were no longer able to avoid paying their fair share of taxes. Those tax hikes and credit that elected officials were championing in the $1.75 trillion social welfare and climate bill, you know, that the Build Back Broker Bill, would accomplish nothing more than putting more mouths on the government teat whose milk comes from our sweat equity. Or, in the words of the Founding Fathers, our substance. Complications in that bill, regardless of amped-up government enforcement, would do nothing to close the gap between taxes owed to the federal government and the amount actually paid. That was reported by a think tank that often correctly analyzes legislation that comes out of D.C. We allow this, ladies and gentlemen, 
And it isn't just a current administration headed by the crackhead's father that's installed in the Oval Office. And it isn't just one political party either. Republicans and Democrats have done this to us. Neither political party is truly concerned with reigning in the size and scope of the federal government. No state legislature is really consumed with doing that either. The individual states abdicated their position of standing in the gap between the federal government and the individual citizens of these United States of America. If you do not believe that is true, then you need to take a good hard look at the individual states and what they are doing to push back against federal overreach. Instead of just saying no, let's sue them in court. That does a lot of good, quickly, right? Here's what the Tenth Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America states. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. What does it mean by stating not delegated to the United States by the Constitution? Well, here the Tenth Amendment is referring to Article 1, Section 8. Congress's enumerated powers. Whatever is not listed there is reserved to the states. Yet what have the states done about the federal government assuming powers that are not listed in Article 1, Section 8? Such as, and this is just a few that we talk about here on this podcast, education, health care, income tax. What comes just before the Tenth Amendment to the Constitution, though? Of course, it's the Ninth Amendment. And what does that amendment state? Well, it states, The enumeration in the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or disparage others retained by the people. And what do you think those mean exactly? What do you think that the elected officials in D.C. think those words mean? Well, I don't think, and it's proven by actions, that anybody in D.C. takes that amendment seriously anymore. But really look at the part that states deny or disparage. Do we not, since the dawn of recorded time, have the right to decide what does or does not go into our bodies? Also, have we not had the right to decide who we do and do not associate with on an individual basis? Then, when it comes to education, do we not have a right to decide what our children are exposed to during their education process? Especially given the fact that we pay for those very same education services? Has our state legislature stood up for our constitutionally protected rights that are covered by the Ninth Amendment? Has our state here, or any other state for that matter, stood up for their constitutionally protected Tenth Amendment rights? Of course not. The U.S. Constitution does not give the legislative branch, as outlined in Article I of the Constitution, the executive branch, meaning the president and all federal agencies he is in charge of, as outlined in Article II of the Constitution, or the judicial branch, as outlined in Article III of the Constitution, the right to suspend businesses or determine who is or who isn't an essential worker or the right to mandate health decisions for the people, or the right to issue quarantines, especially of healthy people. So, these are self-evident, unalienable, constitutionally protected rights that are retained by the people. Have you seen the federal or even state or local levels of government behave differently over the course of the past two years now? Of course we have. Just how were they able to do that? Or more accurately, why were they able to do that? How and why have the same answer? Because we allowed them to do that. Do we want to continue that pattern of behavior in our republic? 
I do not, and I hope you would not either. During my latest coaching engagement, I came across this book that I had read a while ago, and something in it really struck me. It struck me in the behavior of the team I'm working with, but it also strikes me in our situation here in the country. It's called Atomic Habits, An Easy and Proven Way to Build Good Habits and Break Bad Ones. A Mr. James Clear is the author. The book is a guide on how to change habits and get a little better every day. We, as citizens in this constitutional republic, need to change or revert back to the proper habits of self-governance. Let's pause for a word from one of the supporters of this podcast. For all my listeners that live in the Hampton Roads area of Virginia, I want to give a huge shout out to one of my all-time favorite car mechanics and longtime good friend, Glenn Moser. He is a supporter of this podcast and the owner-operator of Professional Auto, located at 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha, in Virginia Beach. Phone number is 757-962-0102. Not only is Glenn an extremely talented mechanic, but he is also a great American and a staunch supporter of our constitutional rights. My family and I relied on Glenn and Professional Auto for all of our vehicle needs when we lived in the Hampton Roads, Virginia area. Quality work at a fair price and service with a smile are what you will receive when you take your vehicle to Professional Auto. I encourage all my listeners there in the Hampton Roads area to look them up if your car needs work. Again, that is Professional Auto, 5900 Thurston Avenue, Suite Alpha in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and the phone number is 757-962-0102. This stealth erosion of liberty by the new aristocracy, the elected elite class, is performed in the guise of government is the solution to the problem. Most likely, these problems were caused by the government in the first place, but that's a whole nother topic. Let's get back to talking about something I read in Atomic Habits, though. And that is something that really hit home for me while I was doing this coaching engagement down in the Permian. And it applies to government as well, and to we the people. Voter apathy in our republic is a bad habit that has been developed over many generations now. That bad habit has resulted in the government at all levels that we have right now. I found that the following information in the book certainly applies to the situation we find ourselves in right now. So from the book comes this, quote, True behavior change is identity change. You might start a habit because of motivation. Well, in our nation, it developed not from motivation, but from apathy. But it continues, quote, But the only reason you'll stick with one is that it becomes part of your identity. Anyone can convince themselves to visit the gym or eat healthy once or twice. Or in our case, one or two election cycles. Back to the quote. But if you don't shift the belief behind the behavior, then it is hard to stick with long-term changes. Improvements are only temporary until they become part of who you are. The you in what I just read translates to us, the sovereign citizens in our nation. That gets to the heart of self-governance and the identity change we as citizens need to undertake. Identity change from that's the way it's always been done or from there's nothing I could do to change the system or even I just want to be left alone. All that needs to be changed to how can I or we be more involved in our self-governance today than we were yesterday. We need to change our current habit of apathy to create a culture of active involvement in self-governance. 
The vast majority of the voting age population puts more effort in deciding what cell phone plan to purchase or deciding which streaming service to subscribe to or making plans to watch whatever is the most popular show on television today. We put more effort into that than in on deciding the qualifications and character of people that are running for elected office. Often voters only pay attention to what letter comes after a candidate's name than what the candidate actually represents or how they propose and vote on legislation. The words gym or eating healthy in what I just read to you needs to be changed to active participation in choosing our elected representatives, as well as talking to them, engaging with them about any proposed legislation, especially if the legislation proposed does anything to add to those flaky layers of pastry that often come between us and our rights. Our own Tennessee Constitution has this to say about our responsibility, that all power is inherent in the people, and all free governments are founded on their authority and instituted for their peace, safety, and happiness, for the advancement of those ends that we have at all times, an unalienable and indefeasible right to alter, reform, or abolish the government in such manner as they may think proper. The framers of our state constitution, in writing that, passed along a great responsibility to us, the citizens of the volunteer state. Tied greatly in with this quote that's often misattributed to a lot of different people, it is this, with great power comes great responsibility. That does not just apply to the well-known people in government. It applies to us citizens. We have great power. Therefore, we have a great responsibility. Our Tennessee Constitution clearly shows that all power that the government exercises comes from us, that all power is inherent in us. For far too long, we have shirked that responsibility. Take, for example, off-year or off-cycle elections here in Sevier County. In the August 2020 elections, can you guess what the voter participation rate was? It was a sickening 18.5%. Statewide, it was a bit higher, but still abysmally low, right about 24.5%. So that means that more than three-quarters of the voting age population in the state just does not care who is elected to represent them at the local level. At the national level, given the backdrop of election integrity legislation floating around right now, voter participation in off-presidential elections hovers around 40%. Absolutely terrible. And once elected to office, I do consider election integrity as one of my top priorities, there's a far bigger problem in our republic. More than half of the voting age population does not give a hoot one way or another what type and character of person who is elected. That is how we get stealth legislation that erodes our liberty. That is how we get these new aristocrats that are installed in our states and our nation's capital that act in their own interests and not for the interests of their constituents. They are not working to preserve liberty in our nation. We also cannot forget how the elites, they call themselves that too, by the way, arrogance. We cannot forget how they and their enablers in big tech, social media, as well as the new media, assist the new aristocracy, both into getting elected and then once elected, proposing those pieces of stealth legislation that serve to further erode our liberties. We need to develop the good habit of self-governance again in our republic. Before we close the show, I'd like to leave you with this from God's Word. It comes to us from 1 Corinthians 8, 9. 
but take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. Our most basic rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness have not become a stumbling block to the weak. It has caused us to become weak. Weak spiritually, weak in character, weak in exercising good habits of self-governance. Our weakness has allowed the government to become strong. Strong to the point of tyranny. Until next week, stand in the arena with me. Reveille, it's time to wake up.